we're going to pray for you right now. You're going to pray for yourself right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, right now that you would touch our hearts and our lives. God, that we would open up our hearts to receive your word because, God, your word is truth and your word is life. And your word brings about a change in our life. And God, right now we pray that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we would leave here changed, transformed, and renewed. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, high five two people around you. Say, heart for the house, whoop, whoop, heart for the house, whoop, whoop. Come on, I can't hear the whoop, whoops in the house. Amen, amen. You know, I just really felt led tonight just to really debrief the fast. That's the title of my message. We just have come through 21 days of prayer and fasting where we've really been praying and believing to have a fresh encounter with God, not only in our church, but in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our finances, in our health, in our bodies, in every area of our life. We've been believing for God to give us a fresh encounter. And I know it seems a while since we have ended the fast now. I mean, a couple of weeks have gone by, but here's what I pray. I really pray that you're sticking to the good habits that you developed during the fast. Because for many of us, it was a timely time for us just to be able to get our bodies back in shape and to be able to just get some things off of us and just to limit the intake of social media, television, just all the bombarding things that would come. And I really pray that when the fast ended, you didn't just whomp back to right where you were at. But I pray that you've got a new level in your life that you're building upon and you're asking God just to continue to build and for you to have a greater encounter with God. And here's our scripture. It's on our wristbands. And if you haven't got one of these, they're at the back. You can grab one on the way out. But here's our scripture, Isaiah 43, verse 19. It says, For I am about to do something New. Some of you can testify and shout amen because God's done something new in your life. This year, you're a new person now because God's worked things out. He's helped your business. He's helped in ways in your life. God says, I'm about to do something new. And in fact, God says, see, I have already begun. In other words, God's waiting on you. What do I mean by that? God's already prepared your blessings. God's already prepared what he has in store for you. He's just waiting for you to pay, play catch up. And he says, I want to do something new in your life. I've already begun. And he says, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry Wastelines. I believe this word is for our church. I believe this word is for your family. I believe this is an anthem that we're going to ring out through this year. Come on, God, you're doing something new in my life. God, you're taking dry places and you're making them rivers. God, you're taking barren places and you're making them fruitful. And I love if you look at that verse, God says, I am, I have, and I will. Come on, God says, I am. What does that mean? What do you need? God says, I am. You may say, well, I need this. And God says, I have already provided for that. And you may say, well, I don't know about the future. God says, I will be there for you. God's got every base covered for your life. All we have to do is open up and just receive the best from God. So how did the fast go? I mean, for you, anyone shout out, it went good. It was a struggle. It was kind of tough. It was good. And just everything like that. I fasted my shaver again in January. And... um, (laughs) And doing good with that. You know, we sat down with our lead team last week. And I asked every one of them, how did it go with the fast? How how did you go? And it was amazing. Nearly across the board, every one of them said one after the other. You know, normally when I go into a fast, I have a list and 
God, I'm believing for this. But they said this year it was different. It was like when they sat down to think about a list, God was like, I want to work with you. And so they put the list aside and, and they just opened up their hearts and we challenged them going into the fast at the end of last year. We said, come on, we, we've got to pick up the pace of the church as the leaders and stuff. We've got to set the course. So what is it God needs to do in your life through the fast? Let's really open up our hearts and lives. And I was so touched and moved just to see the desire that they had. Because when they put the list down, what they were really saying was, we want God more than anything else in our lives. Because when God takes over our life, come on, everything else changes. And I was so pleased because that meant they were fasting for you and your family because they were saying, God, we want to be better leaders. We want to be better spokesmen and women singers. We just want to be better in everything that we do. And I pray that's what you have asked today. But you know what? I'm always amazed about our lives because here's what happens. We so easily go into a routine in our faith. We hit cruise control. We're, we're back to the routine. I remember once I broke my wrist and my wrist was in a cast. I had it cast up to just under my elbow, or arm, my armpit, sorry, for four months. So I had my arm like this for four months. And, and I remember I brushed my teeth with my right hand. And I remember four months I was like this. And the day I took my cast off, I realized I took up my toothbrush and started to brush my teeth. And I thought, man. For four months, I've been brushing my teeth with my left hand. And as soon as that cast, how easy it is just to slip back. The disciples did that, didn't they? Jesus is gone. What they say, let's go back fishing. Let's go back to what's familiar. Let's go back to what's normal in our lives. And I don't want you to just go back to going through the motions. Because we know church. Let's just be honest. Can we be honest? We're the super spiritual people because we're here on a Wednesday night. Amen. Heathens come Sunday. All the people who love God come on a Wednesday. Only playing. But let's be honest tonight. We know how to do church. We know when to stand up and clap. We know when to sing. We know when to kind of rattle the bucket a little bit with some money. We know when to shout amen when the pastor gets loud. Everyone knows he's waiting for an amen. That's why he turns up the volume. Come on, we know the routine. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we know the routine. And I think also in doing the routine that sometimes we can get so busy and consumed doing the work of God that we forget the God of the work. Well, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying, but we've lost the relationship with God. We're doing the stuff. We're going through the motions. All good things to read your Bible and pray. But why are we doing that? Our goal is to draw closer to God. To know God in a greater way. And here's my scripture. Here's one of my favorites. It's got to be in my top five. Probably my number one favorite scripture in the entirety of the Word of God. Hebrew, uh, Ephesians 3.20. New Living Translation says this, Now all glory be to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or we could ever think. The Message Bible says it this way, Look, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request. I love this. In your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing us around. God's not forcing us. That's not what he wants to do. 
But he does it, why and how? He does it by working where? Where does he work? Within us. He wants to work within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. New Living or New King James Version says, Now God wants to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond, all that you could ask or think. But here's the key. According to the power that lives inside of us. Are we allowing the power of God to work inside of our lives? Because God says this, I can do beyond your imagination. In other words, God said, I can do infinitely more than you could ever imagine if you'll just allow me to be God. Just to be God. Be all God. Not just the God that we have made up. In our minds. Let me ask you a question tonight, every one of you a question. And don't shout it out right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute. But here's the here's question How would you complete this sentence? God is blank. God is, what is God to you? Just think about that for a few moments. Ready? Three, two, one, and shout it out. You ready? Three, two, one. All right. A lot of things love, redeemer, savior, grace, mercy truth. What I've discovered is this. You have probably answered the question according to something you've already discovered about God. I guarantee no one of you said that God is an alien. Why? Because he's not. But he's love. Why? Because you've experienced his love. So your answer tonight is based on something that you've experienced and received from God. He's, he's my peace. Come on right now. He's my healer. He's my protector. He's my salvation. He's my friend. He's my helper. That's where it probably went in your life because it's something that you have previously discovered about God. Whilst all those things are true, however, those adjectives and nouns and a thousand more still would never fully define who God is. Why? Because God is more than we can ever grasp, let alone define. Are you with me tonight? He's more than we could ever grasp or define. Let me show you what I mean. If you turn around and say God is faithful, he's a lot more faithful than you could possibly ever imagine. You may say today, well, God is loving, and he sure is. But based on the experience of his love, you still haven't come even close to comprehending just how abundant his love really is. You see, here's the revelation. Here's what I want you to catch, because I believe it's going to change 2018. It's going to change your life, your family, your home, your work. It's going to change everything. You've got to catch this revelation. You ready? That's why I wanted to have a debrief from the fast. Because here's the revelation that you've got to catch. Are you ready? Here it is. God is not limited to what we are currently experiencing or how we have known him in the past. Come on, grab a hold of that. God is not limited to what we're currently experiencing. You may be on a mountaintop experience with God right now. Praise 
God. But he's not just limited to that. I'm telling you, that's not his high point. That's not his highest, deepest place that he can come. That's just a starting point that he wants to take you to a new place and to a new realm in your life. How much you've known him in the past. Thank God for that intimate relationship. But I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to what is still available in God. One Bible scholar said it this way, the more I study and know God, the more I realize how little I know. And how true is that? Because our thinking is this, when I learn more, I have more knowledge, I know more, but we realize how little we maybe know of God because that's how big and that's how great He is. And today I'm thankful for that. And you know why I'm thankful for that? Because that's why He's God. That makes Him God. God is far more than I have ever discovered and ever known in my life. God is even more than I could ever imagine in my life. Isaiah 53.3 tells us that. It says for... Sorry, that's the wrong scripture. I must have given them, sorry. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me say that again. As the heavens are higher than the earth, God says, my ways are so much higher than your ways. And my thoughts go beyond your thoughts. Yet, 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 could it be that we have settled in our current understanding and experience of God? Could we say, I'm so happy, this is great, this is... This is it. I'm just going to hover and stay here. Can can we so easily find ourselves settling in a place? We can so easily gravitate, can't we, to that safe lifestyle. I thought about this. Look at this. We can either play it safe or we can live by faith. It's either safe or it's faith. And so many times we want it safe. Think about the eagle in the nest. If you've heard the story for the mother to get the eagle out of the nest, it's so comfortable and it's so nice, so it doesn't want to leave. So what the mother will do, it will find rocks and pieces of glass and stuff because it wants to make the nest uncomfortable. And if the little eaglet is not getting the message right then, then what the mother would do is gently kick it out of the nest. And you know how high an eagle's nest is. And that little eaglet is falling head over tail, head over tail, head over tail. And it's suddenly frantic and it doesn't know what's happening. And at the last moment when it thinks it's about to hit the ground, the mother comes down and grabs a hold and picks it up and puts it back in the nest. And the little eaglet's thinking, wow, that's good. That was a big mistake. And then all of a sudden the mother kicks it out of the nest again. But something happens as it frantically fights for its life. It begins to realize that it has wings. And it begins to realize, hold on a second, now I see the purpose. Now I begin to understand. Now I can see. Come on, God did not make you to live in a nest. God made you to soar with wings like eagles. But we like it safe, don't we? We like it safe. Don't mess with my safe, pastor. I like it. I like the routine of life. I like serving God, but I like still being in control. That's what we're saying. Come on. Has your spiritual existence become predictable and uninspiring? Here's what I believe. I believe drastic measures are needed. 
drastic measures just like, I, I believe it's time that we start taking God at his word. I think we should start reading God's word and realizing it's a word for my life, for my family, for my future. We need to start taking God. Stop reading between the lines and say, well, God maybe didn't. There's no way he can do that. Last time I read, he's the God of the impossible. And God wants to make every impossibility a possibility. So we need to start taking God at his word, even when it feels uncomfortable and unfamiliar to us. Have you ever felt left vulnerable when you've stepped out taking God's word and people are looking at you saying, oh man, and you're thinking in your mind, God, you better come through because if you don't, I'm in trouble right now. I believe we need to start living like that. I believe we need to start letting go of the past so we can pursue God like never before. Paul said those words, he said, I've got to let go so I can go forward into what God has. I've got to let go of the past, forgetting those things which are behind so I can press on and push on to those things which are ahead. Listen to me, if God can do, and I'm telling you, He can. Let me change that. Since God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask, imagine or think, here's my challenge tonight, why not let Him? Why not let Him? Why not let Him be God? Why not allow Him just to saturate you with His love? Why not let him resuscitate your heart, your marriage, your home, your finances, your family and say, God, I'm all in with this and I'm trusting you with everything I have. I've had the privilege to walk with God for nearly 40 years. I'll be 46 this year. About seven years of age when I gave my heart to Christ, brought up in church, always known church. So 39 years of my life now I've lived with God. And through 39 years of my life, there's something that I know very clearly about God. There's something I see very clearly about God in that 39 years, and that is this. My relationship with Him is a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. Because that's what He calls us to. At times in our life, it's a big step of faith. Listen, you are sitting tonight in a big step of faith. Why? Because it took a lot to believe and to see this when I had lost a position that I was comfortable in and I stepped away from it because God called me and then I'm stepping into what I perceived to be nothing but God had a plan and a purpose and he said, I want you to start a church. I want you to build a work here in Baton Rouge. That was a massive step of faith. I said a massive step of faith. I had a house note, I had two cars, I had kids in private school, and I went from a great salary to nothing overnight. That was a massive step of faith. But I'm here to tell you right now that God met every need. We weren't late for one bill. I don't know where all the money came from, but I'm telling you right now, God provided every step of the way. I was doing jobs, I was doing everything I can. In fact, listen to this. Someone said to me, Pastor, they said to me, you haven't got no faith. I said, well, why is that? That day I'd been shingling a roof. Man, honor to anyone who shingles a roof. That's got to be one of the hardest jobs almost in the face of the earth to do. I was packing shingles up a ladder. I was helping a guy. My feet were completely blistered. It was like 95 degrees. It was miserable, absolutely miserable. That night after doing that all day, we had a Bible study around our house. That's the last thing I felt like doing, praise God. My shoulders were burned. I I, I was miserable. And someone looked me square in the face and says, you have no faith. You know what I've been doing today? And I said, well, what? They said, I've gone to my mailbox three times praying for God to give us some money. I looked at them and I said, let me tell you something. I believe in faith and I live by faith. 
but God's also given me the ability to provide for my family. And I believe that God honors that more than dead faith, sitting back and doing nothing. And do you want to know what happened? The very next day, I had to go back on that roof and finish that roof. And while I was on that roof, the phone rang. And on the other end of the phone, it was my wife. And she said, guess what just happened? I said, tell me. She said, $2,500 just came into our mailbox today. Enough money to pay for every bill that we had that month. Let me tell you right now, it's a step of faith. To live for God, it's a step of faith. It's a step of faith when everyone is is telling those crude jokes and and everyone's involved in that. And and you kind of stand up and you say, listen, I'm not going to be a part of that. Come on, it's a step of faith in our lives. It's a step of faith when the doctors say you've got cancer and there's no hope. It's a step of faith when you look them square in the eye and say, my God's a healer and I'm going to be healed and I'm going to believe God. And that's one thing I've realized, that God is asking every one of us to live in a place of faith. And I'm reminded of Peter. Remember the story of Peter and the disciples? They're on a boat in the middle of the ocean or the sea. And they're in a storm. And all of a sudden, through the storm, they see an image. And this image didn't have no boat. This image was walking on the water. I mean, incredible, walking on the water. And Peter perceived it must be Jesus. He said, doesn't that look like Jesus? And Peter shouted out these words. He said, Lord, if that is you, if that's you, Jesus, what did he say to Jesus? He said, bid me to come. Because he said, I want to be where you're at. And Jesus turned to Peter and what did he say? One word. Come. 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 That was a massive step. To get out of a boat and step onto water. If I'm asking Jesus, is that you, tell me to come, I, I want him to break it down to me a little bit more than just one word. I, I don't know about you. Can you just go through that procedure again? What's going to happen when I step onto that? All of a sudden, it's going to turn hard. Are you sure it's going to? Yeah, it's going to be like rock. You just go through it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. You're going to see the winds and the waves. Just keep your eyes on me. I, I think I would have liked more detail. Anyone with me on that? But Jesus said, just come. Just come. One word. Come on, say with me, faith. Jesus is saying to every one of you tonight, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? I think about that story of Peter. Because when he got back in the boat, because he began to sink, he didn't sink. I said he didn't go under. He began, and when he began to sink, he reached out, and Jesus was close enough to pick him up, and they walked back into the boat. So no matter what happened, he walked again on the water. And the disciples, when he got on the boat, probably laughed and they probably said, you know what, people are going to read this and think you're an absolute fool. And Peter looked at them, I believe, in the boat and he said this. He said, 2,000 plus years from now, people are going to read the story and they're going to think you're the fool. Not me. And one thing I've found in life is this. If you want to walk on water, don't ask people who are afraid to leave the boat. You've got to get around some other... Water walking people with you. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, that's you and I. What does it say? What's the next word? Must, must, must. Is that a question? Is that an option? It's a command. Must, must, must. There's no loopholes. There's no exclusion clauses. You know, you can't fly on this times and and blackout dates here. Jesus said, if you're going to come and you're going to have the faith that's pleasing to me, you must believe that he is. 
He's everything that you need. Come on, in the Old Testament, He's the I Am. In the New Testament, He is. To Moses, He said, I Am. Tell Him, I Am has sent you. If you need healing, I Am. In the New Testament, we see He is. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my peace. I've got to believe in Him. And that He is, the one I believe in, He's a rewarder of those who passionately, diligently, Pastor Rob said it tonight, seek after God. Perhaps God is calling you to a deeper faith. In fact, let me change that. I know God is calling you to a deeper faith. But it's not more faith necessarily. Listen to me. It's just using the measure of faith that God's already given to you. You can look and say, man, I wish I had the faith like Pastor Philip. You do. Because the Bible says that God has given to each man a measure of faith. And the last time I checked, the Bible also said that God is no respecter of persons. That means this, he has no favorites. There's no one at the top of the list, so they get more than the other. He's given us a measure of faith. Every one of us has the same faith. It's like going to the gym. Listen to me. When you go to the gym, you don't need more muscles. You just need to make the muscles you already have bigger. Are you following me? You don't need more muscles. You've got every muscle that you need right now in your body. you just got to start working it out a little bit. And as you work it, you develop and build. Come on, you've got the faith inside of you to move mountains. you just got to allow it to be mountain-moving faith. And you've got to allow it just to stir inside of your heart. Pastor Pete said, if you want to have an encounter with God, it's not determined on God. Because he's the same for everyone else. It's determined on how much you want God. And how much you desire him. And how much you seek him. One of my words for 2018, I always have words that I challenge myself with. One of my words for 2018 is this, unreserved. Unreserved, it means this, the importance of not holding back. That's what I want to live this year. I want to live unreserved. I want to live unreserved in my love to my wife, to my family. I want to live unreserved in my devotion and commitment to this church and each one of you. But most importantly, I want to live with nothing held back towards God. I want to give God everything of my life. So why do we hold back? I mean, be real. Why, why, why do we hold back? Fear? Come on, anyone else? Doubt? What will other people think? Huh? We've all got our reasons, don't we? Why do we hold back? Jeremiah 23, 19. You stole my verse, Rob. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with half of your heart. No. When you search for me with almost your heart. No. When you search for me with all of your heart. You can't halfway serve God. You can't someday serve God. You can't, well, this is enough to get me by God. God wants total, wholehearted, and beyond your control. Faith. And love. Let me read a couple of scriptures and then I'm going to bring it to a close today. Ezekiel 47, 3 and 5. Ezekiel had a vision. And in the vision he saw this. And when the man went out to the east, he went with a line in his hand and he measured out 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters and the waters came up. Notice what he says to my ankles. And again, he measured out 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to this time to my knees. Again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through and this time the water came to my waist. Notice the progression. As he's going in, it's getting deeper. Ankle, knee and waist. Verse 5, again, he measured a thousand and this time it was a river I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one, there's that word again, must, must 
swim. A river that could not be crossed. Listen, he's not saying you can't cross the river. What he's saying is this, you can't cross the river with your feet still on the bottom. You can't still do it with you in control. You've you got to launch out. You've you got to get your feet off the edge. Come on, you've got to let go of the side of the pool. Come on, right now. You've you got to let go of the life preserver. Because if you're going to cross this thing, you've you, you got to be totally into it. You've got to be in that river because you've got to swim. What a great picture of how God desires us. If you want to come to church and have it ankle deep, God says it's there. God says if you want to come up to your knees, then it's there. God says if you want it to your waste. It's there. But God says, I mean it to be a plunge pool that I want you to dive right in. I want you to be submerged. I want you to be swimming in my love. I want you to be swimming in my faith, in my grace. God says it's rivers to swim in. And I love because it then begins to talk about this, Rob. It says, and everywhere that river touches, it brings forth life. It brings forth healing. And it brings deliverance. And then Ezekiel goes on to say in Ezekiel 47, 12, and it says along the banks of that river, on one side and that side, on both sides will grow all kinds of trees that's used for food. What does that mean? Here's what I believe, that when we jump into that river of God, God says, I'll provide everything that you could ever need in your life. I'll provide the food. I'll provide the healings. I'll provide the blessings. I'll provide the friendships. I'll provide everything that you could ever need if you'll just jump in to the river. But for many of us, it's not a flowing river. Come on, for many of us, it's a shallow pool. Come on, God says, I want you to be in a flowing river, not in a shallow pool. Some of you are in those pools from Walmart, you know the ones where they just get your feet. And they're miserable in Louisiana. I just want you to know they're miserable. Why? Because you put that out and within a couple of hours, man, that water's almost bubbling. It's so hot inside of that. It's miserable. And if it's not bubbling hot, it goes green and nasty. Some of you are in nasty, bubbling, green water. And God says, come on, it's time to swim, baby. It's time to swim. Why do we wade when we can swim? In our finances, we wait. In our marriages, some of you are just wading through your marriage. Some of you are wading through your family life. You're you're just wading through. Your future is just, you're wading through. Why? Because as long as I've got my feet on the bottom, I'm okay. I'm in control. I can handle this. I believe for 2018, God is saying to every one of you, it's time to swim. It's time to swim. And here's my word for you. Ready? We're going to deep. Brief the fast. And here it is. Are you ready? Two words. Jump in. Jump in. Bow your heads all over this place.